Hey, Brunch Nation, Dyke Michaels here, and I want to talk to you guys about Owsley CBD. This is a wonderful product that I've been using, CBD locally sourced, that um, really just relaxes you and it is good for a million different things. And one of the products that I'm very excited personally to tell you about is this Delta 8 THC. Delta 8, it's basically legal weed. It gets you high. It makes you feel great. And uh, for people like me that have a lot of anxiety, I can't smoke weed because it gives me way too much anxiety. But this Delta 8 is perfect. It's just like a nice, relaxing buzz that just uh, really helps me get through the day. It makes me feel great. And the people at Owsley, they're wonderful. They aren't like uh, other CBD retail companies. They focus on whole body wellness, proper education for their clients to ensure the most positive uh, results possible. When I go in there, I talk to Crystal. She's my girl. I go in there. She knows me. She knows what I want. She knows the products that I like. She's very helpful. They're a wonderful company. And I want to tell you, located right downtown at the corner of uh, Virginia and Fletcher, it's where you want to go. They got two other places. They're up north in... uh, uh, the, the north side and Carmel, and they have a place down in Greenwood. So wherever you're at in Indianapolis, they're very close to you. Go check out Owsley CBD today and tell them Harder Brunch sent you. some more drinks going on. I sound a whole lot better. <laughs> I feel like I've started off podcasts like that before. Like, hold up, hold up. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, my brand new co-host, Bridget Haran. What's up, guys? You may know her from the Drunk Dial podcast. or Countless times she bombards her way in here. <laughs> Uh, Chris King uh, is no longer with us. May he rest in peace. R.I.P. Rest in podcasting, Chris King. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to start. I'm very excited about this. We're going to have a rotating cast of characters. Some of my favorite people that we've had on the show are going to come in and be rotating hosts. So Bridget Haran, Dad McKee, and Zane Zadie are going to all be taking turns. And uh, I love when Bridget's on because she also cooks. So uh, yes, yeah. It's it's great. It's great for me. It's a double win. It's nice. I got here today and Bree was like, oh, yeah, I'm the guest bartender. And I was like, I'm just the unpaid help. So <laughs> just let me know if you need anything. <laughs> to be fair, she was also unpaid Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, yeah. was the yeah, bartender but, paid? But guest sounds mm. better. Than oh, yeah. Yeah. Throw a title on there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, still with us, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, Zach Roan. <laughs> hey there. Uh, I'd like to make a bit of a retraction. I, I feel like in naming the episode last week... Um, I may have made it sound a lot more permanent what happened to Chris King. Uh, 
he's not gone forever. He's not gone from the from the realm of Earth. Right. He's mm-hmm. just he's just gone in our hearts. Okay. <laughs> it's just so, dead to dead to us. To right. Us. Dead to us. He'll probably be here in body every so often. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's the worst yeah. way to say that in the whole world. Don't <laughs> be here in body. Just think about Chris King's body. Um, <laughs> very special guest with us in studio from Gallery Pastry Shop, Chef Ben Hardy. What's up? Hey, well, I'm very glad you could make it. Uh, welcome to the program. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, Goose the Market Hat Twin. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I knew you were cool. I saw your Instagram. <laughs> And I was like, "That's yeah. when I became cool." Yeah, <laughs> I threw the goose on. He very like, literally was talking about it last week. He's like, "See, other people wear the goose hat all the time too." I love it. Yeah. You just validated it. what he has been doing already. So, so I used to, uh, I used to. Well, I'm still a part time bartender, but I used to bartend at uh, Hotel Tango, and I had the other hat that said "Goose" spelled out. Right. And everybody would call me Goose, and I was like, and "You're like, yo, this, this is my call this, sign." Yeah, this isn't Top Gun. <laughs> And then I just switched to, I switched to like the one with the logo and then it just stopped and I was like, Oh, this is dope hat. And yeah, now I get is that a flamingo? I'm like, does it have you ever seen a flamingo? <laughs> what sort of janky ass flamingos have you been looking at? This is the shortest flamingo in the world ever. Now I was uh I met you at a bar uh, a couple weeks back through a mutual friend and uh Commodore. I was I, I was I can say I I I actually didn't know who ran gallery? Um, some, you're a big deal. You're a big deal. And, uh, and I go to your uh, LinkedIn, and we get some hot shit chefs on here, but you are the hot shit chef. Also, you look super young. So it was like, <laughs> he's been in the industry for 20 years. I was like, when did he start? You when he was three? So good at when I was six. I was like, he's like, oh, Doogie Chef over here. Doogie Chef. I was like, what is he, 25, 26? How has he done anything for 20 years? No, that's just the Asian, this is the Asian blood <laughs> flowing through. But you're, uh, you're, a, te- you're a, a teacher. You teach pastry chefs, right? Or you did teach for a while? I taught for five years, yeah. Yeah, how'd you like that? It was fun. It's a little bit of an industry change. Sure. You're going from hotels and restaurants and 80 hours a week to you have the weekends off and holidays. And you have it's a like, salary. <laughs> but you got to teach goofs like uh, the sauce boss of Indianapolis here. I, you, know, I, you know what? I just had the pleasure of walking and bumping into him in the halls. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that. Yeah, I never had any of your classes. You did show me how to pipe chocolate once, but that wasn't, that was like after class or something. Right. Don't blame him for that. Just yeah, no, it was all his fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get the number two. Don't pay attention to the chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, teaching was fun. Teaching was a good time. And um, you did that where? The Chef's Academy? Yeah, the Chef's Academy. So prior, and so in my career, most of it, it's it's the how. Mm-hmm. So how do you do this? How do you do this? And then you just turn and crank. Uh, for pastry, for me, when I started teaching, it was the why. So when I started understanding the why, that's when I really kind of started calling myself a chef. So being able to manipulate and understand the relationship of the ingredients and mm-hmm. stop blaming a recipe and really start paying attention to the did, ingredients. That's did, what. did you start off with the baking and pastry? Or did you start off? Yeah. Right off the gate. Okay. Yeah. I graduated high school when I was 17, went straight to Pittsburgh. Wow. Went to a little court on blue school. Nice. Uh, graduated. Um, 
yeah, at the top of my class there. So now that to me it's always like So that's uh, what he did different than you. Uh, you <laughs> went when you were thirty five. <laughs> he went when he was seventeen. Uh, that's how he's got twenty years. Yeah, yeah that's how I got twenty years. I definitely do Started not call when I, I was seven. I definitely do not call myself a chef. <laughs> this is not true. Uh no, but uh, I always think that people that are baking in pastries, it's a very much, there's like a different side of the brain. Like, are you good at math and science? I think part of... Logic, reasoning? Yeah, so part of like um, my, like how I'm designed as a person, it fits into pastry, but also pastry, like the industry has kind of pushed me into... I was a little OCD, mm-hmm. so it kind of it kind of like helped me. I'm glad I picked pastry, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, pastry has helped define some of those OCDs, and it's. But being a chef has also taught me to just chill and relax and let the food be food. It kind of all tempers it together. Yeah, it's like it does. Working with specific things. But my art, my art skills um, have definitely increased. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm, be- I'm, I can draw better. Okay, I was gonna ask um, you: Are you an artist in other ways, like I mean, drawing? Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I, I think, as far as like music and and art, um, like on paper, that's something I always had a passion for, but mm-hmm. I was never really good at. Um, I mean, I'm, I still don't play music. Yeah. But <laughs> I could draw a little bit better, but definitely math. I mean, that's just. I mean, that's an exercise I do. You know eight to 16 hours a day. It's just, it never stops. Mm-hmm. I somehow just got enough math that I can like convert a recipe with a calculator, right. but I'm uh, like, whatever the version of math where like you, you can't, you're like, I'm a, it would be illiterate almost. I feel like in math, like, <laughs> like I tried to do some long division the other day and I was like, there's something about a remainder. I don't know. <laughs> it was like carrying something over. I don't know. Like Bridget, Bridget is a she's an amazing pastry chef, and she draws like on her other podcasts. Like she'll just sit there, and her doodles are better than anything that I could draw if I like really tried. So it's always interesting to me, like the different sides of the brain. Like baking a pastry is an exact science, you know. Like if you fuck something up, it It tells you when you mess up. Yeah, I like that. It's like figuring out like when you're making a recipe and like creating it is like figuring out like the right amount of like leavening or like how you're gonna it's like i just think that that's fascinating mm-hmm. same i like science how long so between going to school and teaching how long were you just in the industry before you started teaching i think i started teaching it was a little over 10 years okay it was a little over 10 years so that was it was a hard it was hard for me to i had i had had um an offer a conversation from one of the chefs um, a couple years prior, but I never felt like I had anything to give. I felt like I need to develop a little bit more because mm-hmm. um, there's so many facets of the industry, especially in pastry. Oh yeah, there's a lot of investment in pastry. So if you're in a hotel and they're like, "We'd like to put a pastry program together," mm-hmm. I mean, that's staff, that's kitchen, that's equipment, that's you, mm-hmm. ten- and then throw ingredients on top of that, uh, and then they just have to show up and do the job. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of uh, responsibility and a lot of accountability for uh, for an operation to take that that type of um, enterprise on. So, so being a part of the industry and actually being able to produce pastry and train with chefs that know what they're doing and and to do all of that in Indiana, I I mean I count myself blessed. So these were like big hotels. Um, 
Well, I say Indiana, but my first job was in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, it was at the Seelbach uh, Hilton. Um, so it was an internship, externship, uh, which they brought me on. So not so much at that time, like the pinnacle of pastry. That was more mm. like this is, these are the dynamics of how a hotel works. Yeah. So I still recall a lot of memories of like the, like kind of the integral parts of like how a hotel operates and mm. how the different departments get along with each other and how you hide stuff so another department <laughs> doesn't take it. And, oh yeah, you know this part is this piece is valuable, so I'm gonna hide it in my drawer, even though this is my drawer. This is not my stuff. So, um, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of inner workings of a hotel that I find interesting. Also, it's just a, uh, a just a cesspool of personalities and mm. people. So, it is an a never dying networking uh, system. So I don't know why this just popped in my head, but I used to work. I used to work at the Radisson by the old airport. It was like one of my first yeah. like cooking. Well, I don't know. It wasn't a, one of my first jobs, but like, right. when I was like, I remember my early twenties and I, I was thinking about this the other day, like all the cast of characters that were yeah. coming. We had like some Bosnian war vet who like worked in maintenance and he would always come and like everybody would get like a shift meal yeah. and it would be like, you know, some old food from a, buff- a buffet that we had. And it was like, here, you can have lasagna today. And he was like, I don't want this. And uh, he'd like shake me down and like give me like $2 and then make me cook him something like off the menu. I was like, <laughs> like dude, this is stealing. This is You're going to have to yeah. pay me. <laughs> this is real money. Yeah. Like, you just got a burger for $2. Yeah. My first, my, uh, the real like jumping off point in hotels was at the Conrad. So I was, a uh, I was able to nice. be on the opening team at the Conrad. Which at the time, the hotel in Indianapolis that was like, that was, boomtown. Yeah. So in Conrad is, like the like the luxury brand of Hilton. So there was pro- I think there was like nineteen in the world. So they brought chefs from Cairo and Istanbul and Hong Kong. So I was able to like, and I was a youngster too. Yeah. So I I, like I, 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 yeah, I didn't even know what was going on. I was like, <laughs> yo, this is the best job ever. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm, I hang out with these chefs, and they're there as like a task force. So they mm-hmm. know that the they know the the responsibilities that they have are, are um, just for a short time. Yeah. So they're there for a couple of weeks, maybe a month. Yeah. So they just. I mean, it's just and it's constant. Just have to like train you as much yeah. as they can at that time. Be like, yeah, now you're just, on your own. And then you're just, you're just like constant interaction with these with these ECs and SUs from, I mean, the best parts of the world. <laughs> That's amazing. So. So I always find it interesting. It's it's weird because, like, I'm now at the point in my life where I'm trying to do be a stand-up comedian. And I've been, like, in the comedy world for, like, the past four years. And it's always interesting. We always ask, I always ask comedians, when do you actually consider yourself a comedian or a comic? And you get a a wide variety of answers. I feel like it's the same way with the being a chef. And it was very interesting. You were, like, ten years in before you, like, felt comfortable enough to consider yourself a chef. Like... I graduate. I always think of myself as a, a graduate from culinary school. Like I'm just like I'm not a chef. Like I never worked as a, a working chef. Like my original plan was to go and just soak it all up, like right. you were talking about, and life took me in a different direction. But people would call, like I had a food truck right outside of school, and people would call me chef, and I'm like I don't want to be the chef of a food truck. Like <laughs> shut up. Like this sounds so obnoxious. But yeah. that but that's uh that's very interesting. Ten years. Yeah, I mean it's um. In this in this day and age, I think entitlement and accomplishment is something that 
younger cooks, younger chefs, they want that quick. Yeah. They want, we get information. Yeah, like instant validation. We want information so fast. So validation is something that we think that we can instantly get. So, um, it's, I mean, for pastry, it's, com- it's a whole nother world. So let's just say if I just make one product mm-hmm. to master that product, it's anywhere between three and 10,000 hours. And then you throw on another product and I mean, you're learning how, where it fails, not just how to make it well, but yeah. if it fails, what do I do? How can I correct it? How can I turn it into something else? Or, I mean, chef is, it's not a, a dull word. It, I mean, it's, I mean, it means something to me. Yeah. So, so to like blindly call myself a pastry chef. Now I was worked at some restaurants where I was like, the team of one, mm-hmm. and they're like, "This is our pastry chef." And yeah. I was like, "Well, I, I have the title, but like, to say I'm that the, I'm the only a one. pastry <laughs> chef, um, <clears throat> I always, I've always kind of uh, pictured myself in a room of my mentors, mm-hmm. and if they call me a pastry chef, then I'm a pastry chef. Not that I walk into a room of um, of like actual pastry chef and say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a sure. pastry yeah, chef." Because yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. after you give yourself that title. The only thing you have to do is show up mm-hmm. and yeah. then do your job and keep your mouth shut. And then, I mean, it's not like I can just walk into a room and say, I'm a pastry chef. Because then I say, I'm a pastry chef. Right. And, and people are like, all up. right, cool. <laughs> like, now just <laughs> like do your shit then. That's a great way to look at it. Now, do you look at people that are calling themselves this and that, maybe that are a bit of the game, like, you know, a year or two, and you're like, come on, man. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? Um, Y- yes and no. You don't have to name names. <clears throat> no, nah, yes, yeah, yes and no. <laughs> but you can name names if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to name names. Um, Welcome to our I, cancel podcast. I, think it's, I, I don't necessarily say, no, you're a chef, or no, you're not a chef. Yeah. I think it's just uh, um, you have to show credibility. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, every time I show up to work, I don't want to lose credibility. So when I'm teaching someone, and then they go off and they show uh, that same technique to someone that – they know or in a crowd of people that do that does know. I yeah. don't want them to say, Yeah, I learned this from Ben Hardy. Yeah. Like this is uh, this is how you temper chocolate. They're like, No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, this is not how you that. do that. And they're like, Who taught you that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Ben Hardy. And I'm like, no, no, no. So <laughs> So I think it's just um it's just proving yourself every day. I think I think and and proving yourself in uh in front of people, in front of a you know, people in front of the people that do know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's how, like, the validation that I get from calling myself a pastry chef. I've had chefs say, like, hey, you're not a real chef. You're just a pastry chef. Oh. And I'm I'm completely fine with that. Wow. So, I mean, I'm not going to lose sleep on that. I'm, I'm still, I have a job to do. Right. So, uh, tomorrow, there's still going to be a wall in front of me that I have to push through. And whether or not you think I'm a pastry chef, it's not going to make that wall exist or not <laughs> exist. I'm still going to move forward. So, I really don't. I don't care what you think of me. I do deep yeah. down just because, you know, I'm soft. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm soft and I'm sensitive. I, I always thought of pastry as being. Yeah, I'll cry a little bit, but then tomorrow I'm going to come yeah. back and make pastry. <laughs> Still do it. Yeah, screw you. I always think of pastry chefs as being like, like I always think of chefs as being doctors and pastry chefs as being surgeons. Or like where it's like a specialized thing. It's like they're a doctor, but like this guy does foot surgery, you know, like this guy does. But I would never. So fucking rude. <laughs> but imagine that some asshole chef out there. <laughs> yeah. I think I mean, it, yeah. you made a good point too. Is like I think that, and I think that what I've always loved about the culinary industry in general is like you're constantly learning, and so it's like it's hard to be like I feel like when you say I'm a chef, then it's like it kind of implies that you're at the top of your game, 
And it's like if we're all constantly learning and it's like constantly mm-hmm. like learning new techniques, new techniques and like learning kind of new systems or new kind of restaurants or new hotels, it's like you're not ever at the top of your game. So it's always something you're reaching for. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're all just works in progress. Yeah. No, I, I even master chefs. There's there's few in the world. There's just I mean, there's a handful. They don't know everything. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a constant like twist on a technique but even those techniques come from something that is a century old. And then, you know, then we have new chefs that are using and they respect, they pay homage to like the traditions. And mm-hmm. they're like, this is what I see. This is how I, this is how I envision a tiramisu mm-hmm. and I'm going to respect it. And I'm going to put this twist on it to make it my own. Mm-hmm. But now we're in a, in a world where we share everything. So information's coming at. So now like growth in the chef world gives younger chefs where like 10 years in for me, um, information wasn't readily available. So I was, I was like hungry for a mentor. Mm. So mentors can be, you know, on Instagram. So um, I think a lot of a chef isn't just making food. It's the dynamic in the kitchen. Like it's a, it's a psychology. It's how you can communi- how do you communicate with people? Mm. Um, how you communicate with your guests? It's, uh, it's the hospitality industry. Yeah. So it is the very, meaning of hospitality so if i can treat a guest with great hospitality for 90 minutes can i do that same can i produce that same level of hospitality with the person i'm working next to for 8 to 12 to 16 to 18 hours so if i can discipline myself that way i think that embodies what a true chef is not just can i execute this dish i think a big part of that too is like you said just the flood of information is I remember like having cooks that I worked alongside and, and they would be like, Oh, I, you know, I watch the food network. And so it's like, I think it's this idea of this celebrity chef that it's like, mm-hmm. is, you know, it's like, it's their way or the highway and they throw things at the customer. It's like, that's not what we're here for. It's like, at the end of the day, we're here to make them happy and to serve them something that's magical and kind of takes them somewhere special. And, and it's not about you being, you know, throwing pan in the kitchen or being Gordon Ramsay or, it's literally about kind of, like you said, hospitality at the yeah. end of the day. Have you seen the industry change a lot in, in, as far as that goes? Uh, yeah. It's a, the industry is a lot more impatient, I believe. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, I heard this from the chefs that taught me. They're like, yeah, well, we used to, we, we, we didn't expect a paycheck. Like, we had to pay. And we slept on the floor and <laughs> it was always harder. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I was getting yelled at and demeaned and like talked down to. And, and you're then like, I, why and, would you do and, that? And, and they were like, you, you have no idea. And I was like, you know, so I took those same things. And I'm like, so well, if I can learn and being and, and get beat down, can I teach and, and uplift? So there's pros and cons with that. And I get yeah. results that I didn't expect to get. So I'm like, okay, well maybe I have to come back and uh, retool my thinking. But, you know, if you start something from scratch, it's always harder. And as it becomes refined, so there's there are things that are going to change and evolve. So the dynamic in the kitchen has definitely evolved. I mean, the chefs more times than not can't just walk in the kitchen and just put their foot down and start yelling and screaming. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, that's not the way that I run my kitchen. Yeah. So it's not, it's honestly, even if there's a, a chef that can come in and, de- and demand those things at that, at that, you know, with that energy, um, that isn't the type of environment that makes me happy. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to work a hundred hours a week and be unhappy at the same time. So 
So my core is the food is really easy. The food mm. takes care of itself. Yeah. You follow the recipe, you follow the rules. They tell you when you're you're being an idiot, and then you change and you're like, okay, I'll stop being an idiot. I'll do. I'll treat the sugar this way. Yada yada yada. But the dynamic between the people, that is a constant change. So, mm. so when I'm selecting people that I want to work with, I go for pure energy. Yeah. My interviews, I, it's a higher or it's it's. I walk away from an, an interview two minutes in. I've got up from interviews, and I was like, well, you guys can finish the interview. I'm good. You're hired. Yeah. You're hired. So you guys can talk semantics. You guys can talk awesome. about the, the you know, payroll and schedules and stuff yeah. like that, but you're in. But it's really about who you want to be spending that time yeah, with. So, I mean, I, I read people's energy. So people can learn pastry. I mean, mm-hmm. people can learn to follow a set of rules. Yeah. But you, it's hard to change someone's, like, how they're designed. And it's okay. Like, if people are like, no, I, this is the structure that I need, or this mm-hmm. is the type of kitchen that I want to work in. I'm like, this, that's dope. Yeah. You go work, go yeah. work there. You don't this have to work here. This is space for you, but. Yeah. Like, gallery is one identity of mm-hmm. a kitchen crew. So this is what I would like it to be. Mm-hmm. If, you got, if we can do this, if all of you can perform at this level, then let's show, like, the city or the world or the people in front of us. Let's show them what we can do. If we can do it, that's great. Let's have fun doing it and. Like, try not to take it home with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, though. I feel like it's like you, I would rather nine times out of ten have a, like, young cook who doesn't have much experience but is excited to be there and who, like, wants to learn than somebody who comes in and, like, already thinks they know everything and doesn't want to, like, have it, you know, because it's like, my thing is, like, I always want to hear in any space a minute, like, give me your criticism, give me your feedback, and I think that it's a respect breeds respect in kitchens, Mm -hmm. And I think it's like very rarely anymore that you can have a chef that's just like, I'm going to scream at you and demand your respect. People don't respond to that as well anymore. No. no. I think it's, a, it's harder to discipline yourself to be in an environment where you can take criticism and still be at the top. Yeah. Uh, do a brunch podcast. You'll get a lot of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they pull no punches. Speaking of which, <laughs> it feels just weird. Just do a Yelp podcast. So our, 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 uh, our old uh, co-host... Uh, had never seen food before yeah. so every time for we, someone who worked in the industry for years <laughs> it was like he would say things sometimes one time it was like a steak like a sliced steak and he said is this liver it's like <laughs> what's happened it's a it's a ribeye my favorite is i brought out gumbo one time he's like what is this hot dog soup <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> hot dogs and rice i think hot dogs and yeah. rice yeah. uh so we came up with this menu uh about a month ago mm-hmm. I don't know why we were doing Kentucky foods. And then I was like. I'm from Louisville. And so I think I was just like. And I worked in Louisville. Yeah. So I, and the Derby. Yeah. Well, that's why we moved it to today. But I don't remember the original thought yeah. of why we started doing it. I was like, this is obviously a Derby date well, episode. I think you like, said. <laughs> I think you were like, yeah, it's. I'm running out of ideas. And I was like, you could literally do anything. You could pick a state and be like, today we're doing Kentucky brunch. Today we're doing Texas brunch. Today we're doing California brunch. And instead, you were like, "Nope, there's no more themes." So then I was there's like, no more sharing themes. the themes. I do get writer's block sometimes with menus. Like sometimes they just pop off, or I, I think about a guest and I'm like, "Oh, this would be perfect for this guest," or "This would be perfect for this day." And then sometimes it's just like, I feel like you have a lot on your plate too. It's like you're working full time, you do red flag comedy, you're doing comedy shows, you're doing the drunk dial, you're doing harder brunch. Well, I don't, I don't want to be too many Johnny repeats too. I like doing new stuff mm-hmm. and. 
you know, all my friends will let me know if I've cooked some. Like, we've had disco I mean, fries twice. I and like I'm poutine a year. as much as the next person. Yeah. But I like poutine it. again. I was like, that was seven months ago. Yeah. Yo, is this real hot dog and rice <laughs> in the gumbo? <laughs> yeah, I saw the grits coming out. I was wondering where the shrimp was. <laughs> yeah, I made shrimp and grits three times, asshole. Uh, well, the worst was when I cooked, when you were out of town, and I cooked, and I made shrimp and grits, and Chris was like, oh, great, shrimp and grits. <laughs> let and me guess. Like, he told happening? you to make shrimp and grits. <laughs> I was like, I've never been here when he made shrimp and grits. I thought that was a fun brush. Uh, th- this food was really fun. Some of this stuff, some of these recipes, I don't know. So the 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 Benedictine mm-hmm. spread, which is basically supposed salad to salad dip. So my understanding is it's supposed to be like uh like a English tea sandwich filling that's like deconstructed, basically, right? That's you yeah. talking about the light ranch. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he's talking about, Zach. That's pretty pretty. I wasn't even here for that. I walked in and I was like, is this ranch? Pretty fair. Well, like, I thought it was supposed to be more of a spread. And Bray said, no, don't say that. I also, uh, the recipes I looked at, like, half of them said put green food coloring in it. And I was like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) You called me yesterday and were like, so when you've had this before, have you put green food coloring in it? And I was like, like a key lime pot? No, I don't think so. Sometimes I feel like something can only be the sum of its parts. And that was a lot of mayonnaise and sour cream and <laughs> cream cheese and then a cucumber. And I was like, this Masquerading is, with green food coloring. This is the... Yeah, so I don't know if it would have been better as part of a, a tea sandwich. Or St. Patrick's Day brunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you're supposed to put it out like a bowl of queso. <laughs> St. Patty's Day. Just dunk that toast point right in there. <laughs> Welcome to Harder Brunch. Here's a bowl of ranch and some toast. Hey, you're a guest. Eat this. Eat yep. this. <laughs> but the pumpernickel toast was awesome. Well, it was uh, <laughs> it was Cajun. Uh, I don't. I don't. Blackened toast. It was milk chocolate <laughs> toast points. I don't know if you know the chef, but I'll give you a, one of my pa- baking and pastry tips. <laughs> me. Is I just do everything a little shitty, and then I call it rustic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rename it. <laughs> Rename it. People don't know. Every time you ever talk about your food is like, like we we give you a hard time, but we always are complimented. It's very good. But you will just like immediately start explaining to it. And then as you're explaining it, you will take it apart a little bit at a time. And it's like, no, just like stand behind what you just made. I I honestly feel most things, if I do it twice, I can have it down. I have a pretty good understanding of it. But even in school, sometimes you would just cook something. Sometimes someone else would cook something. And you were supposed to learn from what they yeah. cooked. I'm like, I didn't even, even touch that shit. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't even know what you did. And then sometimes you make something and then I, like, I get mad at the finished product. I'm like, this is what it was supposed to be? This is dill, this is dill ranch soup? <laughs> this is what they're doing in Kentucky? You know green what? food coloring. <laughs> yeah, take your green food coloring. Um, I was proud of the deviled eggs. Deviled eggs probably would have got Chris King upset. Um, you know what? He's dead to us, so. Bourbon, bacon, and beets. Battlestar Battle Collective. Battle <laughs> so, two of those are Kentucky, right? Bacon and bourbon? Sure. I'm sure they have beets in Kentucky. Probably beets, yeah. Uh, the, so, that was fun. Um, turn the beat around. Turn, turn the beat around. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to be up front with you. You have never made me laugh hard before. <laughs> I have been to multiple of your comedy shows. Never once have I, have I just felt such pure, there, unadulterated yeah, yeah. joy. Yeah, you got to rework your, your, your material. She's seen me do 15 straight minutes of comedy and never laughed once. Uh, that Instagram story. I like The first time I was on the podcast, 
I was talking about this like comedy show I went to one point, and Dag was like, "Oh yeah, that's my comedy show." And I was like, "No, I would have remembered if I saw you." And I like talked about it more in detail. And he was like, "I literally hosted that show. I was on stage <laughs> at least five times." Yeah. And I was like, "I was there the I whole." Did not remember you even a little bit. I was definitely there the whole evening. And they um, told me you can't even make eye contact with me when I'm at shows because I just no, deadpan. No, I can't. I just look over. <laughs> Who? What? What was that? What was up with the grandma's potato salad? Uh, these, are all, these are all just well. You you were like, is this your grandma's recipe? And I was like, no, it's like a Kentucky thing, but it's one she always used to make. So all the recipes I made today are things that my grandmother always cooked with us. But it's like a just simple potato salad. It's like shallots, chives, green onions, red wine vinegar, apple cider vinegar, olive oil. So it's kind of just like a zesty potato salad. Red skin potatoes, yeah. It's just simple. I feel like a lot of times potato salad is like always with mayonnaise, and I already knew you were doing your ranch dip, so <laughs> I felt like we didn't need to add anything else to it there. But yeah, just like a Kentucky, she used to just call it Buddha's Kentucky potato salad. Okay. And then the Hot Brown. Hot Brown. The Brown Hotel in Kentucky kind of started that, and so it's basically... that You worked there? No, no, I wish, no. But I have been there multiple times. Uh, no, but my grandmother was a waitress there when she was younger. And so she, it was like her favorite thing to make. So it was, uh, it's like toast points and it's not toast points. You made toast points. I made toast. It's toast and like roasted turkey, bacon, sliced tomatoes. And then you make like a Gruyere cheese sauce and broil it. Open face sandwich style. Which Zach told us he really enjoyed the open face sandwich. I feel like open face sandwiches are the best kind of sandwiches because they don't judge you. You can look dainty eating a regular sandwich, but you can't look dainty eating a beef Manhattan. It's right. good first date food, <laughs> right? Yeah, you like really like get nachos and chicken wings. Yeah. yeah, let's get this out right yeah. now. <laughs> let's let's eat. Open face sandwiches and tell secrets. Tell your secrets. I'll yeah. tell mine and With let's a eat. Mouthful. Yeah, and let's then let's eat this open face sandwich as fast as we can. That would be a fantastic no dating pop up concept, <laughs> like a speed dating thing. Yeah. Only you have to eat like a, a really messy thing in front of each other yeah. like <laughs> as that. quick as possible. <laughs> then of course Kentucky Fried Chicken. Which I did a uh, sweet tea. Did, did anybody pick up? I didn't eat yeah. the chicken yet. Could yeah. you tell that it was brined in sweet tea at all? That's good. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I like how I said yes, but then you looked to Zach for validation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was weird too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Misogyny never ends. <laughs> the uh, the garlic garlic grits is that that's a Kentucky thing, I guess. The garlic. I mean, yeah. Addition of garlic to the cheddar grits. Yeah. Zero shrimp. Uh, yeah, yeah, just just had to switch it up yeah. a little bit. Omit the shrimp. Yeah, you got to go deeper south for the shrimp. If it's in Kentucky, just, and the, then just the garlic. I, the bok choy I just had in my fridge, so <laughs> it didn't really have anything to do with Kentucky. I just <laughs> needed something green on no, there. No, thank you. That was that was yeah. for me. Yeah. A little misogyny and racism. That's cool. Thank you. We just smashed it. I was like, well, I'm going to take double portion. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's called the Harder Brunch number yeah. seven. Yeah. <laughs> Dyke will like make notes and so he called me yesterday and was like what is wilted lettuce greens and I was like what are you talking about and he was like I wrote wilted lettuce greens here and then circled it three times with an arrow and I don't know what it means and I was like I also don't know what that means that's not something I shared with you we made this menu up literally like a month ago and then I was like hey I can't find this on my phone. And she goes, no, you wrote that down on a piece of paper somewhere. Just a loose piece of paper. <laughs> and I found it, and I was very excited, but it looked like 
a Nicolas Cage like national treasure map. There was just circles and arrows and a Da Vinci code, and I was like, I don't remember what any of this stuff is. <laughs> but the best is he even later asked me about the wilted greens, you know, while Bridget was there, because yeah. he's like, so how should I do these wilted greens? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. dude. <laughs> what wilted greens? Nobody knows. I think maybe in your head you were thinking like South collard greens. I don't know what you were thinking, but. It yeah. was good. It was a month ago. Who knows? Who knows? And then, and then your derby pie minus the julep. Yeah. I made a mint julep ice cream and did not factor in. It was late when I was making it. and did not factor in the fact that booze do not <laughs> All the alcohol. And instead, All of the being alcohol. Like, instead of making like a mint ice cream that I added some booze to, I made like a mint julep and then put it in with a creme anglaise and was like, there you go. So, <laughs> mint julep yeah. ice cubes. I have a really delicious mint julep sauce now. Uh, you can make slushies. Yeah, it's pretty good. But um, yeah, derby pie, grandmother always used to make it where in her custard she would put cocoa powder and melted chocolate instead of having like chocolate chips in it. And so nice. it's like a delicious chocolatey pecan pie. Deliciousness. Yum. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with Chef Ben Hardy. There was too much. It was a new co host. Uh, uh, yeah. There was too much stuff going on. I'm excited. It's fair. I don't know if that was a good idea. <laughs> Watching you do it was <laughs> nice, though. Oh, 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 Got my wings to carry me. I don't know freedom. I want my dreams to rescue me. I keep my faith strong. I ask the Lord to follow me. I've been unfaithful. I don't know why you call on me. This is my canvas. Much, much better, Zach. It was uh, <laughs> the actual song. I try to nail at least one in four <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Uh, Brunch Nation, we are very excited to tell you that we are going to be doing a pop-up with uh, all your favorites, me, uh, Bridget Horan. Just leave it at that. All your favorites, <laughs> all your me. Favorites. You're welcome. <laughs> yep. All your favorites, me and no one else. Uh, <laughs> me, Bridget Horan, and the Sauce Boss of Indianapolis. I know I'm excited about it. I think I'm going to do a uh, chorizo biscuits and gravy. You son Ooh. of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I thought you were doing an omelet bar. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> How'd I get down in June? Um, <laughs> we are going to be taking over um, Gomez Barbecue, the new Gomez Barbecue, uh, 10th. 10th and Rule, right next to 18th Street Brewery, on May 16th. So two weeks from now, um, time will be to be determined. We'll let you know when it is. But um, that's a really good plug. It's going to be some amazing food. I'm gonna. What is the full menu? I know I'm doing the biscuits and gravy. <laughs> I think yeah, you're I'm doing the cinnamon roll. I'm doing biscuits and gravy. I'm going to be doing a. Oh, you're taking that wow. one. So now Are I you need also to come up doing with one? cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. Fucking asshole. Uh. I'm going to be doing a chorizo biscuits and gravy and a, uh, a vegan biscuits and gravy and s- cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. Probably like giant a cinnamon, yeah, probably giant like, cinnamon rolls. Obviously, yeah. They will be giant. Now I've got to figure out something new to do. And then, yeah, do something mini. Just <laughs> do something yeah. mini. 
I'm going to do a mini omelet bar. <laughs> mini, teeny, yeah. tiny, tiny, tiny little ingredients. Tiny. <laughs> I like that when Doug was talking about it. He was, like, he was like, you'll make a dessert. I'm going to make the biscuits and gravy. Zach's going to make something with meat. He's going to make like, a one egg right. omelet. Yeah. Just something with meat. Just a one egg omelet. <laughs> a, meat, a meat roll of some sort. You know what, guys? Just trust us. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Uh, plus, Gomez has a liquor license, so we'll be slinging beers and wine. So even if it's not good, you can be liquored up. <laughs> yeah, even if it's not good. Get liquored up on a Sunday morning. Um, and then hang out with your, you know, your favorite Heart of Brunch cast you're, member. Yeah, you're playing really fast and loose with that. <laughs> you want to hang out with Bridget all day, just come on down and meet Bridget. Nope, that's not what we're doing. We're not having open invites to that. <laughs> you ever had a problem with Bridget? You want to air it out? You want to air, <laughs> air out your grievances? Come on down. That'd be kind of a fun carnival game to like raise money. You could, you know, just come and grieve your or air your grievances with uh, Bridget. Um, oh God, guys, the lines. <laughs> it's not co- a GoFundMe. It's a go COVID. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so come on and check that out. Uh, it's going to be a good time, and uh, we'll keep, we'll give you more details as they come. I just took a shot before we came back from break, and uh, I can't even see right now. Honestly, though, you I don't know what you expected. I literally came in the room, sat down, got comfortable, and then you said, hey, you want to give me a beer? I was the, it was, and a and shot. I was like, and yeah. I was like, okay. And then he said, and a rum. And I was like, <laughs> you know what's happening. I don't know cocktails. Yeah, that's half rum, half rubbing alcohol. That's why you can't see. I feel like... It's also a splash of arsenic. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to ask someone to and do some something that they don't want to do, it's the ask for cocktail. twice as much, you know, because then they'll they'll split the difference for you. Yeah. And that's what you did. You split the difference. I knew I wasn't sure going to get... A full well, cocktail. Yeah, rum cocktail I wasn't going to get exactly what I wanted. Yeah. But I asked for too much, and I got something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, which... You came through. I yeah, really did. You really did. Friend uh, of the year. <laughs> friend. Unpaid. Some, unpaid, unpaid help friend. Help friend. Some people might say friend of the year. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's, let's talk about some fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> okay. Did so, you have anything in mind? Or are we just... No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I had something to mind. <laughs> no, I want to talk about... What's fun you guys want to talk about? I want to talk about... Like, I... I uh, I have not had a chance to get. I've had um, food from gallery, but I've never actually been able to get in there. But I know, like, uh, so I've had friends do comedy shows there. Mm-hmm. I've had like, like you're you're a hype beast. You're a you're you're, you're making making pastries cool. Um, Thank you. You have two spots, right? They have two. a spot down. Like, what? Yep. So now, what's the difference? Because one time for a show. <laughs> I try to get some croissants. Yeah. This is going to be a, this is our bad, not your bad. This is, this is, is, let me just preface this. 100% yeah, this is our talking, everyone. This, this is, is the rum yeah. talking. <laughs> you know who's not here to defend themselves? Chris King. This is really on him, actually. I just, I just, <laughs> I just, yeah, I sent my, I sent my old co-host, I was like, hey, well, I was going to make this dish and uh, I wanted some really fresh croissants and I was like, oh yeah, the gallery's got them. This will be great. And uh, I, I, I feel like I even sent him the address, and I said, hey, let's go pick up six yeah. six croissants. I feel like you called to like, yeah, let them know. Yeah, it was pretty idiot-proof. So he went to the downtown <laughs> place, which is not where I told him. Or, wait, he went to the wrong place. Yeah. He didn't go downtown. He went to Broderpool. Okay. And so the people I had talked to, were it was the wrong shop. Right. And, again, 100% his fault. And so he goes in and he's just like, 
He, he's I'm here to pick up a he, special order. Yeah, yeah, special yeah. Order one, one he's, he's late to the episode, right? He's late to the episode because he's trying to get. And he goes in, they're like, I don't know. We don't know what you're talking No one called us. And he's like, Oh, I think he did. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> no, I'll makes, tell you. Makes, yeah. makes them feel bad. They then start making the crystal, they're like, like getting we some have, ready. Yeah, we like, have some. They need to be, I think they need to be, they were frozen or something? No, no, they weren't frozen. There was something. Was I like, think they just weren't out yet. And there was, was like, like, yeah, it was like it's going to be twenty minutes. And I just told him like, it's going to be twenty minutes. And I go, I would rather have you here and start the show. Yeah, we can just scratch the croissants for today. But I feel like he fucked up. So like, made them start like six. I croissants. feel like they started making it, and then he just left. Yeah, and they're like, oh, Mister, you got my number Mr. now. Just hit me up. Just hit me up. And then, and then I was like, did you, did you? Pay? Did you tip them? Did you? And he goes, I just, I got nervous. I got nervous and left. I was like, I just left. You son of a bitch. Now we can never go in there. We can no. never, oh, whatever. never nah, it's just a croissant. <laughs> it's just a croissant. No, but what Come is back. what is the difference between the two spots? So, uh, Gallery Pastry Shop uh, in August, five years. Nice. Five years is going to be a, a big milestone. So you guys are going to have to come out and, and celebrate with us. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be a celebration for everyone to forget. Um, <laughs> that last eighteen uh, months. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a hit. I mean, our our one year birthday um, was a smash because we exceeded our projections, and then it was like go into brand development. So we started developing a brand, and it was working countless hours to make sure that you know mm-hmm. we're making consistent product year three hit which is a milestone for me and like restaurant if you know yeah, restaurants yeah, yeah. year three and five those you're, are those are big numbers you're a real boy those now. are big yeah, numbers yeah. yeah i'm on I'm, yeah we're on the we're on the main <laughs> stage so it's just uh um put your apron on and, and don't fuck up so you can call your chef, yourself a chef or not a chef so yeah. <laughs> just show up show up <laughs> shut up and do your job um so year five uh for gallery pastry shop this one was a a cinder block gray box when we got it. It was um, uh, an art restoration okay. company. So when we walked in there, paint lines on the floor, no existing walls, um, one like kind of like a mudroom bathroom with an exhaust fan. So everything we, we put in, we um, all the sinks ran, all the water for uh, the, our sinks and dishwasher and we brought all the mm. equipment and we just i mean we turned it into a restaurant from the from a freaking yeah. room from a room um which is also kind of a nightmare if that's not your background oh uh, yeah it was a nightmare if if you if it is, <laughs> <laughs> if it is your background. Yeah, it's hard it's hard work um i mean i've i've learned a lot just with uh <laughs> the ownership aspect of it um, yeah but um but you know, thankfully I didn't I didn't do that. I didn't do any of this by myself. So mm-hmm. I've got a great business partner, Allison Kiefer. She is immaculate, just uh just a cutthroat business partner. So um so it kind of allows me to stay in, in the kitchen and you know, do what I do and be where I belong. So That's great. Um so we have a we have a great dynamic. We have a great partnership and great dynamic. So but our first year we did we ran with no walk in. We did everything out of reach ins. So you, if, wow. you, if you can imagine, and part of the pastry game is a necessary tool <laughs> is a freezer. Mm-hmm. A necessary tool is a freezer. And really, and sometimes I was playing, a space just in the refrigerator to work in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was playing uh, freezer Tetris every single day. It was <laughs> I was I'm master level of Tetris. So with with tiramisu, <laughs> what another sheet cakes. So that space is 
they kind of built it into like a brunch space. So mm-hmm. that space is um, it's it's special to me. It's um, it's not as refined as downtown is. Mm-hmm. So downtown, kind of our feel was, let's keep. How can we keep our brand very similar, where people know that you're walking in, but it shouldn't be identical. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's not but You're still yeah. getting the feel. You're still getting a feel, but it's a different feel. Um, so you want Broadway, people to go to both. You want people to be like, oh, yeah, I like I don't the, want to put the one, same, but then I have a different experience because yeah. I love the brand. So we have a couple menu items that are back and forth, but the primary reason for us picking another location was to uh, build a bigger production kitchen because mm. I, I was bottlenecking in, in production. So yeah. I was like, I need more space to produce, you know, as we grow. Just crank stuff yeah, out. Yes, it's, it's harder. So. Um, so downtown, the the primary goal was to build a bigger kitchen. Let's put a hood in there. Let's do some things that we couldn't do in the first space. So we were like, we're analyzing and we're like, let's correct this mistake and let's do this that we couldn't do. And um, so downtown, it's in in my mind from like working in kitchens, it's a little bit more fine tuned. Mm. So Broad Ripple, it's more, it's it's like home. Yeah, yeah. It so has you, so you much character like, too. Yeah, so it's it just has it has a little bit more soul. And I've had to, I've like kind of explained like my my philosophy with like the different dynamics of each store. <laughs> and I was like, it has. I mean, it just does. Like Broad Ripple has a little bit more soul. So I mean, we poured in so much of our own culture into that. So the staff there that are currently running that have kind of embodied some of the the psychology and some of the culture that we put in. So now we're downtown, and so as we grow and expand, Allie and I have to we have to kind of back out. Yeah, so we'll just kill ourselves. So and trust the people. So, yeah, and trust the people, and let the people, and let the and let them do what they do. Like some of the and now you know we're getting out of the pandemic. We've got some industry like tenured industry uh, people that are just chomping at the bit. You know these are they're like racehorses ready to go, and yeah. then you're like we. I mean we open the door for service, and it's like mm, we did. Twelve hundred dollars a day. Yeah, we did seven hundred dollars a day. They're like, I'm ready to do seven thousand covers. Yeah. Today. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I know it's coming. So we're, I mean, we're making through. Um, but the biggest, I, I guess, one of the m- major differences also is, um, you know, the alcohol. So we've got a two way license. So we pop copious amounts of champagne in Broad Ripple. So it's it's kind of built as a brunch spot. We have that space tucked off of the road, so there's all this patio seating. It's, I mean, it's a fantastic patio today. We, I mean, I hope we just got absolutely rocked while I was here eating and drinking <laughs> with you guys. Uh, and then downtown, just you know, the being um, just across from Bankers Life, just the visibility of the city. Mm-hmm. We have our three-way license, a beautiful bar. Nice. Um, it's just. It's just a vibe. Mm-hmm. Both of them are just a vibe, a completely different vibe, but a vibe in, in itself. So well, they're both they're both definitely hang spots. Congratulations on the on the five years. That really that really is a benchmark. Thank that's you. Super um, that's awesome. Um, I <laughs> and not only to be five years in, but to be like such a fun step. Like it's like I never go there and don't have something that's amazing. It's like it's always a fun atmosphere. The people working are always so nice, and they're always so knowledgeable about the menu and about the drinks and. It's like it's just a, a amazing spot to go. Awesome, thank you. Well, and also just to, to weather. I mean, we've talked about COVID and its effects on the industry ad right. nauseum on this podcast. Right. I mean, a year ago, <laughs> it was 
everyone had just got laid off and we were just like, are we ever going to have restaurants again? What's going to happen? You know, and now, you know, flash forward a year and now the big thing that everybody's talking about is we just need more people to work. We need staff. We need, we need staff. We need staff. But, uh, you know, one of the things and like, it's, it's very interesting because I feel like last year we realized that just the, the industry in general had a lot of um, problems. <laughs> like, like I feel like COVID kind of like sh- showed a light on like, you know, should we should we should we have a discussion about changing tipping? Should we have a discussion about how we pay people? Mm-hmm. Should we have a discussion about? Let's be honest. We probably need to raise the price of a lot of the foods that we eat. You know, there's a lot of things like people's well, customers mindset. were upset because they were like, why is the food going up? And it's like, we're having trouble getting the product. It's like, we just, everything is more expensive now. Yeah. We have to be able to charge more because otherwise we are going to take a cut every single day on every single product. But well, it like, was a game. Yeah. I mean, it literally was a, it was a, a change of business plan mm-hmm. weekly. So, weekly, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So it's literally like we were professional surfers in a gigantic <laughs> wave, but just we didn't, we couldn't fuck. see, we couldn't see where the wave was coming. You're like, could you imagine just swimming in an ocean? They're like, there's sharks, and mm-hmm. also there's waves, and yeah. also you're blindfolded, and also a deadly <laughs> and, virus, and also so. take a shot of this rum, <laughs> and then go for and it. And go. But I, I guess, I guess my question, and I, I mean, it's nothing that has a you know one answer. But here we are a year later, and now we're kind of, you know, like businesses are, are scrambling to get back up and running to full capacity mm-hmm. and everything. But I feel like a lot of these questions that were raised last year have not been addressed. Like, we kind of were like, hey, are we going to, this is a great time to really talk about this and mm-hmm. really examine our industry and really, and then now it's just kind of like, okay, we're well, back to work. And I, like, I think we kind of talked about this earlier, but it's just like, or I was talking with, uh, with Bree about this earlier, and I was like, anyone who was in the industry and figured out that they could work from home, and they're working from home, yeah. they're done. A lot of the people, the younger cats that are going to be, you know, 18 to 21 that would be coming into the industry, a little bit more hesitant mm-hmm. to come into the industry, mm-hmm. you know? And then we have some people who are just like, they felt they weren't treated the best, or yeah. they felt they, they weren't. So if you treat people and you don't appreciate people and you undervalue people for so long, it's like eventually they're going to get wise and be like, oh, I can contact Trace from home and make more than I was making, you know, now. And Mm -hmm. people aren't going to yell at me. Yeah. And people, customers aren't going to, you know, spit at me because I want them to wear a mask. Yeah, absolutely. But now we're at a place where just never in my life have I been where just like everybody's hiring. Right. Like if you wanted a job, like if you, like if you want to be a bartender or a, a line. I feel like anything that you want to be in the service industry right now, you could walk in, and if you have half a brain, you could get that yeah. job. Like, yeah, you're, if you're hungry, there's, there's food. Like, there's like you can like, get fed. It is a, uh, it is a, a workers market. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, but, uh, but I feel like it's true because I think last year it's, it's like thing, places were closing, <laughs> places were closing, and places were you know laying people off or furloughing people, and everyone wanted work, and then all those people found other jobs. And so now it's like, now we have places opening, places, you know, going back to full capacity. And those people aren't there waiting for jobs anymore. Yeah, it was a huge sift. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to, it goes back to our conversation about a chef. I mean, it's so much more than putting a dish out. It's a dynamic. It's a psychology. It's a culture that you're creating. It's a discipline of how you treat a, a person. 
Because then you you change your perspective, you change a you know the, a dynamic in your own personal your own personal life, and you're like, mm, I don't want to go back to, to that. Yeah, I don't want to go back to that. It's not worth it. Like good money, but you know you work eighty hours a week under different circumstances of another place that you might work eighty hours a week. It's like mm. it's hard on your body. It's hard on your like sleep schedule it's hard on your relationships outside of work and it's like if you don't love it and feel completely validated doing that work mm -hmm. it's hard it's, it's yeah it's a toll i mean i so if i got i'm sorry if, no. I, if i if i got paid if i was getting paid if i got to sit at home and get paid <laughs> right if i didn't have to do if i honestly i mean that's what the that's what it it, it generated mm -hmm. it generated i can i can get paid i can get well there's some people that are getting Paid more than they were ever oh, got paid in their yeah. life. Hell yeah, they were like, "What the hell?" I can buy and and especially, like, I mean, I was a person that worked. You know, Zach, Zach, and I both worked throughout the whole thing. Um, so I feel, I feel like, I feel like people that work throughout the whole thing have a different outlook on it than people that had to stay home. Mm -hmm. And people that had to stay home kind of just like kind of got locked into staying home and this right. and like I was like I was out there before they told us masks were a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> like right, I was right. out there when they were like, I don't know, six feet, you know, like. Yeah. Six feet if you can, I guess. <laughs> Try not to cough in anyone's face. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know, but uh, like, is there is there anything that you noticed that you guys have implemented, or anything that you've noticed that's like I guess different as far as the way that you guys interact with your staff post in a post COVID world? Is there Ooh. anything different? Um, I don't know that there have been any implemented policies uh, other than the restrictions and guidelines that kind of mm -hmm. forced upon us so cdc and you know and things that our our govern our government our you know city state like so just following the rules i don't know that there's any like policy implementation that we put on but i think maybe the biggest the biggest thing that we'll all have to overcome as a group is just that psychological change it's so good we've already been like even for the ones that have worked yeah we've over a year, I mean, it take it doesn't take a year for you to develop a routine. It takes thirty days. Yeah. So, um, so we've all been kind of reprogrammed. So to see when the world, you know, kind of like wakes up, and it did in the twenties. You know, yeah. you know that was. I mean, after that that pandemic a hundred years ago, then you know it was a huge Boom. economic boost. Um, so I mean, I think there'll be that, but I think there's going to be a lot of energy where people are just. It's weird. There's going to be a, there's some PTSD. Yeah. It's weird being even in groups or being in like. You said that. You were like, we met at a bar. And I was like, <laughs> out in public? Yeah. Inside? I've chatted with friends and they're like, li like, literally, I went to a friend's house and we've only hung out with each other. Yeah. And they, in their house, and they're like, friends, they will still wear their face mask the yeah. entire time. Oh, wow. I, and they're like, yo, like, we, we don't see anyone. It's yeah. just us. And you're sitting across the room. They're like, yeah, I'm just being safe. Yeah, that's my thing is like my – so my folks, uh, we do like family dinners every week and we go over and it's like until we were all fully vaccinated, it's like we had masks on inside and we like sat – my mom would like take special, like special care to like set up different groups across the room from each other that were all six feet apart. And it's like – because it's like she's a first grade teacher. My dad is immunocompromised. I live with my 92-year-old grandfather. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it's just not worth it for us. But then I've never felt more peer pressured than once we were all vaccinated. I came in and she was like, you don't have to wear your mask anymore. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Patty. 
All right, Patricia. Like, stop, stop trying to take it off my face, Mom. So what do you do? I mean, obviously, I know being a business owner, you're always super busy with that. But, like, when you're not cooking, when you're not running your business, like, what, what do you do for fun? What What's the, the kickback go-to? Ooh, I'm before a, 2020. I'm a, uh, before, yeah, okay, thank you. I was going to say, before, I'm a pandemic bad yeah. boy. You're like, I guess Netflix, um, mostly? Some. Some that's like winding down, but literally, I'm just social. I just socializing, just being around people. I love, I love being around people. I love pastry. Yeah, I love pastry. But one of the things I love about pastry isn't just making the food to eat it. It's making the food for other people to enjoy it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, there's also, I mean, the chemistry of and understanding the the whole dynamic between ingredients and remaking something that it's, and, you know, bringing something to life. But <clears throat> well, there's definitely like, a, I feel that though, a keep, sexy aspect to like dessert food. I feel like, like I remember one time I asked, uh, <laughs> I asked my chef, but <laughs> I had a date. I was trying to woo her and I asked my chef, I was like, Hey, can you make like something sexy? And no. he, made, he made chocolate covered strawberries. Which yeah. Can you get Zach to do some chocolate writing? <laughs> <laughs> He was not a he was not a pastry chef, yeah. but he made some chocolate covered strawberries, and he goes, uh, "If these don't get you laid, nothing will." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, uh, <laughs> That's pretty ballsy." Yo, just like, what'd you put in those strawberries? But I'm gonna change my game. I was like, "But I've seen I've some been working way too hard." <laughs> we just gotta get strawberries. I've seen some people. I've seen some people eat desserts and have orgasmic experiences with it like i feel it like, has but it's sex true. appeal it's like my thing is like i i love breads and things like that but it's like i'm not big on sweets but it's like i recognize the sexiness of like a creme anglaise and it's like that very silky like it's delicious and then watching someone eat it is yeah. like better than anything that i've ever put in my mouth i didn't like the way yeah. that came out but you know hey, go, go ahead and go ahead and hit that one <laughs> do it I gotta find the right one. Oh, so come on. Oh, I'm so dirty. Oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is safe. Nothing is safe. When Do that words, again, Zach. Do that again. Just, oh, I'm so dirty. Oh, come clean me up. I'm so dirty. Like, yeah, I tried to like, make a drop earlier and I hit the black happy birthday song. <laughs> happy birthday. You guys were like, yeah, we're going to have like multiple, like we're going to go back to our favorite episodes and pick our favorite little signals. That's the only one that I've heard so far. That you guys have sequestered out and thrown in my face. Well, the best thing is uh, Chris King, he, when I was like, yeah, Bridget's going to cause, he's like, it's pretty much just the drunk dial then, isn't it? And I was like, no, this will be totally different. No, it is. <laughs> We get food this time, so we just get less drunk. Yeah, and we don't call anybody. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Um, so, you, think- you, so, so you like hanging out? What, what just hanging out. Was that your final <laughs> answer? <laughs> <laughs> you like hanging out? Yeah, like that's great. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, yeah, I like to do a lot of things, but <laughs> I like to do I'm a lot of shit, man. I'm blanking on all of them right now. Because um, anytime yeah, anyone's like, what I've do been, you do for fun? You're just like, I guess nothing. I've I been, don't know. I've been, you know, so, so my extracurricular activities have been a little reprogrammed, too. Mm. So, like, when it first hit yeah, it, back in March, um, all we had to let go almost all of our staff. Yeah. We had to limit our hours. And then... The, you know, obviously, the some of the salaried positions, and I, you know, it was hump. It was seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I got to see more sunlight than I had in like three years because I mean, because we reduced our hours too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I so was you work- were just doing it all. 
cranking 60, it out. 60, 70 hours a week. Well, it's like when you're watching labor and you're just like. Non-stop. We reduced our menu. So it was like cakes and croissant and, you know, and we were doing some, a couple of specialty mm-hmm. things. But we, I, I barely, I really stopped making pastry. Yeah. I make, I stopped making like individual style pastry. Like people were like, hey, can we get like opera? And I was like. I'm not, I can't, I cannot make How about that. a sheet cake? I literally cannot. I, would you I, like 87 of them? Yeah. Because. Uh, you know, I would love to do it. I was like, I yeah. can't wait to do it. So, um, you know, at that time I was working with Keegan and Cameron Lockwood mm-hmm. and Allie was in the kitchen and I mean, it was just, gr- it was like, it was grind every day. So we would literally, we would like sleep at each other's houses. Mm-hmm. We couldn't see each other's. We couldn't see our families. Mm-hmm. We couldn't hang out with any of our family. Like, there. I mean, they had. We had family like go to the hospital, and some of them were dying, and some of them were giving birth, and it was like, uh, we'll Facetime. Yeah. So, I mean, we were just hanging out with each other all the time. Yeah. Because I think also when you're working in the restaurants, it's like, like my thing is like I didn't see my parents for because it's like I am around people and yeah. I can't help it, and the people that are coming in, the people like unfortunately there were so many amazing patrons who were coming in and were. And we're tipping well, and we're getting care out food, and we're you know respecting the minutes. And then there were people that just weren't, and it's like I yeah. don't know what I've been exposed to, and it's like I can't be around you guys. Yeah. So. So I just came over <clears> and hung out with Dyke instead. So. <laughs> that's how, whatever. I had, hey, that, that I is. mean, on the other side, the grass is always greener. <laughs> um, but yeah, and also, I mean, number two, we opened um, our second spot in July. Oh. So, but we were pre-pandemic. We had already signed a contract. We had already signed a lease for another location that fell through. So, when our broker found the space across from Bankers, we were like, "Pull the trigger. Yeah. Let's sign. We have the financing. We can do it. We don't have to bring on an investor." The contractor was like, "We can. We'll work. We'll work. Mm-hmm. Um, don't pay us until it's done." Um, we had there. There was constant forgivenesses. Mm-hmm. So everyone was feeling it. The hotel we leased from the Hyatt downtown. Yeah, they're like. Don't pay rent. Just keep going. We want you here. We need you here. So a lot of those, what I do outside, it was just went from grind to, you know, going home and playing video games or make, <laughs> yeah. we would, I mean, with honest, the people that I hung yeah, out with like all the day. same six people, <laughs> the same six people that, you know, that we, that the world, that the world, uh, you know, forced us to, to live around. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, this is, I mean, this is our life. We're going to yeah. go to work tomorrow. At the end of the day, we'll go we'll cook food mm-hmm. and then play some video games or just play pool or hang out. And, and then we do the same thing the next day. And then we open a restaurant. And then and it's like live your life based on the restrictions that are set before us. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's just socializing. I feel like any as many restaurants that we lost because of COVID. I mean, one of my biggest things is I wanted to go to New York. I had this list of like. Famous restaurants have been around for right. for you know hundred years. They're just gone forever, you know. Like so, we lost so much of our food mm-hmm. culture because of COVID. But the other side of that is the places. Like I feel like, I feel like you know, any restaurants that did survive almost went to like a wartime, like you know, like uh, like when the old warehouse would like. All right, now we're making bullets for the war. <laughs> like, we just have to survive. Yeah. And uh, so there is that kind of like, man, yeah, like, remember in COVID when we had to, uh, it was rough. But yeah. uh, like, you, I feel like you definitely are going to come out stronger. Yeah. You know, I think it's that. also, you made such a good point too, is like, there were so many forgivenesses. And it's like, I think that the thing that has been really re- rewarding for me is like, 
the community that it's like I've always known that the Indianapolis food industry is like very community based and it's like people build each other up and it's like you know I always feel like constantly um I guess inspired by like the amazing chefs in the city and it's like it's constantly like upping your game and trying to but it's like the community coming together where it's like you were literally like swapping meals and it's like you know if if you are a furloughed employee come in to this restaurant you can get you know discounted food and it, it felt good and it was like oh okay this this makes it all better because it's like those forgivenesses where it's like don't worry about rent like pay us when you're done mm-hmm. it's because it's like you just want to see dyke always says like rising tides lift all ships and it's like it really felt that way yeah you drop a beat for me there Zach. ben hardy where can people follow you on social media and keep up with everything that you're doing uh, uh <laughs> So you can follow us on uh, Gallery Pastry Shop. Nice. Gallery Pastry Gallery Pastry Bar on Instagram. And um, if you if you want to, you know, see like where I really spend my time socially, <laughs> you can follow me. Um, which I don't tell this to anyone. Well, then Chef. don't do it. Don't oh do no, it. I'm going to. I've already started. I've already started. Um, Chef Boy Hardy. Okay. Yeah. So for those of you that like to make fun of my name, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. I don't care. Yeah, you can't probably. hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bridget Hareem. Oh, shit. Um, every time I'm like surprised. I'm like, oh, God. Me? Um, you can follow Indie Urban Foodies on Instagram or Facebook or at IndieUrbanFoodies.com for virtual cooking classes every Thursday. And uh, Googman House is getting ready to open their kitchen space this next month. So nice. go check out Googman House and kind of get excited. Check out the work they're doing on their new space and uh look forward to seeing you guys there soon what's the what's the food menu in there gonna be it's gonna be pretty it's gonna be german inspired pub fare with a twist I know what's the twist? twist chocolate yeah it's just chocolate <laughs> it's just chocolate covered strawberries on every dish to make it super sexy um no it's like things you're gonna that get laid just, <laughs> you're gonna all, get I'm saying, all i'm saying you come in there you're gonna get laid <laughs> Um, but it's going to be pretty small, limited. It's going to be about eight to ten items. So keep it simple. Um, again, kind of like trying to learn from last year is like keep it simple to start. You can always add more stuff to it. But it's got a really amazing event space too. So for weddings and things of that nature. Thanks. Zach Rohn. Uh, I guess I'll say if you enjoy this podcast, please check out our Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com backslash harder brunch. It's only $3 a month. And you always get a good after brunch episode. He did that way better than you've ever done that. That was really smooth. I was just, he's such an adorable company man. <laughs> that, you're smooth. Also, I batch know. number two mustard. I play a yeah. game where I try to snipe the thing Dyke's going to say <laughs> out from under him. I'm going to make chorizo business gravy. Yeah. 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 I'm going to make it. 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 That's my one thing. <laughs> what are you going to make, thing. Dyke? Shrimp and grits again? Yeah. You bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys like poutine. God damn it. With shrimp. Um, yeah. Yeah, check out our pop up on the 16th and um, at Dyke Michaels on all social media. We have a show, Red Flag Comedy, this Thursday by Gordon's Ice Cream. Guys, come out, get some delicious mm. ice cream, um, have a beer, and free comedy on Mass Ave. The Eight best o'clock. Kind of comedy. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the family, Bridget. <laughs> Welcome to the family. We'll see you next time, guys. Smoking Thank you. Goose for life. And <laughs> Goose. Goose. <laughs> <laughs>